Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It's Worth Living. Once again, welcome to everyone. I want to thank you for being an audience member. Uh, as we move on to our next topic, we want to uh, see. We want to say that uh, we thank you for listening and knowing that without your um, participation, this uh, podcast would not be possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's topic uh, is really based on <laughs> observation that we've made uh, during the this past week. And uh, we want to at least bring some light or some information to to our uh, fellow listeners, especially those uh, with pa- uh, who are parents or who have parents in the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title for today is uh, Projection and Expectations. Uh, again, it's Projection and Expectations. Um, Ed, what comes to mind when you hear of that. I mean, in the psychology field, we have this uh, this theme that we talk about, you know, projection when you know someone project their own feelings upon somebody else. But in this topic in particular, what comes to mind when you when we say projection and expectation? Uh, what comes to mind, Pete? <clears throat> um, you know, since working in the field of education, we work with children. Mm-hmm. Um, all I think about is, you know, growing up, our parents. Um, have certain morals and certain values mm-hmm. and um, in their minds um, it's important <laughs> that whatever they teach you you follow yeah you may not necessarily agree with it you may not necessarily have a true understanding or um, a belief in what they're sharing but it's expected that you listen or it feels as if it's an obligation mm-hmm. um, because it's considered honoring it's considered being obedient mm-hmm. it's considered, um, respect and for some parents when you listen it shows as if you love mm-hmm. and so um, the hardest thing for that uh, now in today's time compared to back then you know our age it was always yes mom yes dad mm-hmm. but these children you know our, our new generation is but why mm-hmm. but why and um, I look back and I said if I said but why compared to our students to ch- children today you got in trouble whether it's timeout, you know, yeah. beating or whatever it may be, there's a consequence. Yeah. But things have been different now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue that I find too with these expectations and obligations um, um, is for parents today, or you know, if 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 your child does not um, listen or follow the rules that you set in place, mm-hmm. um, there's some form of emotion, a neg- you know, there's a um, anger or resentment that comes up mm-hmm. when you're not following what I say. Yeah. Um, and so for me, what comes to mind, as you mentioned, is just uh, it's a tug of war on both ends in this generation now where parents are saying, do this, and other children are saying, I don't know if I want to do it because I don't fully agree. So please explain to me why. Mm-hmm. And um, many parents, they don't necessarily feel the need to explain why because I'm your parent. I said to do it. Mm-hmm. Because I say so has always been a thing in the previous generation, yeah. which barely works in this generation, or even, even if, it, like I say, barely or, or not at all. Because these days, 
if you don't tell them, they'll find out themselves one way or another, whether they look for it or somebody else tells them or they find it online one way or another. But in my opinion, the, the projection and expectation is something that has been uh, it has been an issue for generations because we know the younger generation, for example, if in my mother's case, she'll be like, OK, yeah, uh, my time is different from yours. So you can't say this is how I have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm gonna find my own way. Mm-hmm. Even you know, if they do it in a more obedient way or a way that's not necessarily gonna uh, um, close out all their parents' uh, thoughts and ideas, mm-hmm. they still try to follow their own path because they've become different people, a new generation, different things. And then they have me and my siblings. Mm-hmm. Now we have to say the same thing again. We try to find a more obedient way to say it at the same time and follow your way because how can you really be something more than your parents if you stay within their limit? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can, it, it, you know, because I've always thought my, my father was one of those guys who's done everything. He knows a lot of stuff and I can't really live up to his, repu- uh, to his reputation. But um, you can do something to still make him, you know, make things better for yourself, still live within your timeline, uh, your generation, and without having to feel like, okay, you're being held back from mm-hmm. the previous generation. So I have this story I'll tell, I'll tell a little later, but for now, let's be devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. What if uh, you know, our parents' expectation that they project on us is not good for uh, the situation that we're dealing with? I know wisdom can go across the board, but sometimes the the way they say to deal with things does not fit with the current situation we're dealing with mm-hmm. how do we deal with that how do we respond to that and i think too with, with with that situation it's you know every child and every personality um every character is different you know i think as you spend time with with children and you get to know them and you grown with them, you know, there's approach, there's a certain approach, there's a certain way that you can communicate in order for you to at least um, try to have that child understand. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have some, you may have some children and that's true, some are blessed with that where, if I guess if some may consider it a blessing where whenever you tell that child, yes, mom, yes, dad. There's others, they may say, well, why? And others may say, I don't agree, so I'm not doing it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may have others who just are sit. They're like, okay, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. I just told you what to do. Okay, so what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's so many different. So you have to understand and you have to have an idea of the child that you're speaking with. Yeah. Even if you're trying to get the same point across, mm-hmm. there's a way. Some stu- There's some children, you need steps. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Okay, step one, do this. Mm-hmm. Step two, others... It's tough because they're like, no, I don't want to do it. So now you have to, some may not agree, but some way you have to find a way to get them on board. Yeah. Some may be, okay, well, if you don't do this, you're not going to get that. Yeah. You know, the consequence. Mm-hmm. Others that question a lot, some may need understanding of why am I doing it. I'm not saying I don't want to do it, but I need to know why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And you break it down. And there's others, no matter what you say, they're good. Mm-hmm. But it all depends too, Pete, going back to expectations is ex- the same way we have expectations, you must have those same. You must understand too. Those children have certain expectations. They have some 
their understanding is a little bit different, so you have to reach them differently mm -hmm. because no child is the same. Exactly. Same thing with the classroom. No one learns the same, so you have to reach them in a different capacity, in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it takes. it's important for parents to take the time to get to know their, their, their children, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, doing things outside the home, outside of school, getting to know them one-on-one, -on -one, spending time. Mm -hmm. Because in spending time and asking them questions, it at least helps you to... Or helps them to evolve, but also helps you to um, get a better understanding of what can I do to reach that child. And I'm not saying that reaching them means they, they're in charge. No, but reaching them in a way to where they understand that you're, you, you're the parent, you do love them. Mm -hmm. But there's certain things that, ex that, that you expect or certain rules that you have to follow. Yeah. And, and um, that, that's a good idea because... I've I've seen students who uh, open up and able to you know get you know get things and follow the instruction. Others yeah. they want you to hold their hands, mm -hmm. and and others it's not that they don't know what to do, but because you didn't speak to them directly, you didn't talk to them. <laughs> so that becomes an issue. How do you deal with the whole classroom? I've always thought my mom was a very smart person because she has all these kids and able to follow uh, to deal with us differently without yeah. having to uh without having because especially you know uh, now these days mm -hmm. in her older years we would all come over and she would come and say hi to us and if you pay attention you'll see it's different because we're all different she knew how we accepted it when we were younger yeah. our personality the way we are mm -hmm. so she would come and say some of us would get a hug some of us would just get a smile or a thing but we, each one of us is satisfied with the way she mm -hmm. does it because that's how we are as an individual mm -hmm. and she would go around and just do it just the same way and and we're talking about just a simple hi I mean when she, if she needs something or she needs to talk to us about a situation things like that different way of approaching us you yeah. know she knows some of us that has to be nicknames others would want um, to uh, you know, a hug. Others would want, you know, different things. And I, I've done the same thing in my classroom. We would find different kids, different students, and granted they're all, uh, older, but, you know, once you, when you get to know them, and that's why it's very important, at least to me, in the classroom for a student to introduce themselves, say something about them, you know, and I try to find a way not only to know that student, their name, how to address them, and how to, you know, different things like that. It, it makes a big difference for those when you sit in the college class, some of the, some professors ask you to introduce yourself. Others don't, you know. So, you know, different ones have different ways. Just like you, as a professor, trying to reach your student, mm -hmm. same thing on the other the other way. Students trying to find a way. How do I address my teachers? I have all these guys, and they're all different. Some of them okay with me coming in late. Others don't. Others, some of them want me to use my uh, said I can use myself. On others, say you can't. So you just have to figure out a way. And I think that's the same thing for parents when you have a kid, uh, you know, who behaves a certain way. Whether they, they do good or bad, you have to have a way of responding so they know you and you know them. Mm -hmm. They'll mm -hmm. know what to do. <laughs> I know certain things I can't. Uh, when I was younger, I, I can't say in a room when my mom is here. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It just has to be. I know how she would react to it. Mm. You know, certain things you don't want to. You don't want to. You know, get the person's wrong side. And it's not to say because you're working on extra, but for respect. Exactly. You know, and and for you know a different situation, call for different things. So mm -hmm. we kind of need to 
like they say these days, read the room, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so it's if, true. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just a matter of getting to know that now projecting your own happiness on your children mm -hmm. can affect your children like badly. Yeah. Whether you think it's a good, uh, you're, you're projecting the good things to make them happy or the bad things. And you guys understand perfectly when I tell you the story because what happens is your children starts to uh, grasp this, okay, happiness thing, you say, or, and they, they're not just taking the happiness, they're also taking the anger, the, 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 the unhappiness moments, the, the moments where you, you're sad and you're angry. They take all those two. Now, this, they might not know how to use it or when to use it, but they will use it later on, and you're going to realize, you're going to wonder, where did they get that from? Yeah. You never yeah. told them that, but it's not because you didn't do that around them. Mm. Okay, kids pick on things, whether you want them or to or not. Okay, you could be talking to someone right now. They're sitting in the next room. You hear them quiet. They're listening to every word. It's not because you're talking to them, but right. later on, you hear those words from them. You're wondering, where did you get that from? Mm, mommy said it exactly okay it's just uh the thing is for us to be careful when we try to there's a difference between teaching mm -hmm. and projecting okay we teach these kids how to make decisions and then later on they would come to a crossroad and see that and try to make that decision with the information they received from you as opposed to i need you to do this because it's what's going to make you happy later on that is a big mistake because mm. then if it doesn't pan out the way, they're gonna have different situations, different life circumstances. What if it does? Your algorithm doesn't fit in their scenario. What happens then? Mm. Are they clueless then? You know, one thing that came to mind, Pete, um, in regards to even parenting and expectations of our children, and um, was the thought of favoritism mm -hmm. that plays it hand in hand to me. You know, you've you've, you've have parents. Um, blatantly, they they show you, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's mom and dad, who their favorite is, mm -hmm. and for some, for others, you know, some may not care. Okay, that's my dad, that's my mom's favorite, mm -hmm. but let me feel a certain way. Yeah. What about me? Where do I fit in? Yeah. So, when they do feel that way, and they know you're coming around to ask them out of rebellion, they're like, no, and that no could just be because, well, you like that one, so go ask them, <laughs> go ask them because they can do it. Yeah. Or we tell that other child. Well, you're not you're not as good as your brother. You're not as good as your sister. Yeah, do like they, do like your sister. Be like your sister. But they can't be like sister. They're not the same person. The same. Even if they were twins, they're not the same person. So yeah. don't expect them to be like that person because you appreciate that the way that person behaves. Try to help them to build up an individual of them of their own and yeah. just be the best version of themselves instead of that version that's already there. Yeah. You know so. That's true. Yeah, it, it makes a huge difference, especially. I mean, I I mean, you're an only child, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you you what? never had that going through your mind as far as who's mommy's favorite. Mm -hmm. But I'm one of several, and we only have one sister. Okay, <laughs> a bunch of dudes with just one one girl. Mm -hmm. So now, of course, every now and then we we would point out, we say, okay, yeah, that's mommy's favorite, my daddy's favorite, and. You know, some parents bluntly do say they have a favorite, and but a lot of them deny that they do, even if they show it. But what I've realized, and that's my perspective, and you know, growing up in a in a house full of boys and one girl, we we thought, well, at least I thought, okay, yeah, that's mom's favorite. That's not, yeah. Things my mother wanted a bunch of girls, and she got a bunch of boys. So I know why she cherished her daughter, mm. but I can I know she's not 
her, her favorite child in general. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it like a five-way tie? No. I don't think my mom would pick one one of us over the other and say, okay, yeah, you can die and you can't. <laughs> you know? But we do know, okay, of course, and being in, in this field, you kind of understand, you know, why certain kids are attached to parents a little more. Yeah. The baby, the only girl, this and that. So we get the idea. So as you get older, you sort of understand. And sometimes it's too late. But mm-hmm. because... And that's why the whole uh, we had that topic before holding grudges. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't because you could I could have hold a grudge and say, oh yeah, my my sister's my mom's favorite. I mean, she doesn't care about me and just go off. Mm-hmm. Let's say something happened between the two of us and we never got to talk about it. Then that's uh that's something I have to hold and die with because I you know I thought it was my mom's favorite this and that, but it was never such a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the whole dynamic when you have several kids. You have the middle child, the older child. We all have different personality and take things differently. So mm-hmm. yes, at some point I probably thought, yeah, this person was my mom's favorite, that person was my mom's favorite. But when you look at it in the grand, like you know, with new eyes and I guess educated eyes, mm-hmm. or uh, I don't know, so the eyes where you know better. Yeah, yeah. You kind of re- realize, okay, yeah, my youngest one, of course, he wants to be close to the mom because all of us are older and we don't necessarily want to play with him because mm-hmm. he's a baby, so he stays attached to mommy more. Yeah, yeah. The only girl, of course, all these boys, yeah, granted, she likes to play with her and we do play with her every now and then, but mommy wanted a girl. She got a bunch of boys, so I can see why she cherishes the only girl she had. Yeah. If she has like a big plate of food, she'll give her daughter two. While the, we, are the, uh, we all get half. And yeah. that's understandable. At least now you see that. You see, yeah. as opposed yeah. to, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can die and she won't know. I can die with salvation and she won't care. It, it's not really the case. Yeah. You know what I'm that's saying? True. And also, you know, I know sometimes if they give the youngest one bigger, then we pick it, you know, at some point we start to look, okay, yeah, if there's food, we want more. You know, and especially when you're a teenage boy, you want to eat all, everything on sight mm-hmm. and they don't give it to you. Thanks because they hate you. Is it really? I mean, we can talk about why teenagers hate their, their moms and dads. That's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. Now that I have a, a niece who's in that realm these days, believe me, that we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> but, but the point is, yeah, the, the, when we project things on our kids, we have to be careful how we do it. If we're gonna, mm-hmm. if we, if it's gonna be about favoritism, especially when you have more than one, more than two, or more than three, you you kind of, you know, the kids are gonna read the room. They're gonna see how things are. But you also have to explain things to them because I said so doesn't work anymore. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how to deal with this situation, but other situation might have different ways. So you teach them an algorithm but not the only algorithm to employ for every situation. Definitely, you know I mean? definitely. So before I tell my story, I think I just want to add, add, add to that. No, oh, the, only, the only other thing, because I might, you know, they, they, I, might, I might get a call mm-hmm. with, with both parents, I'm the only child. Oh, but okay. on my dad's side, I'm the youngest <laughs> sister, so just wanted to clear that. But either yeah. way, yeah. Um, the, the, the favoritism... You know, I've always I've always been on the outside looking in and and, and, and seeing how it can be uh, uh, presented. Mm-hmm. I've actually sometimes I've even heard parents say that mm-hmm. they have a favorite. Yeah, I've heard that. I know. You yeah, know? some there's some of them would say when like you know parents are talking, yeah, and they're talking about their different kid. I know this lady who 
went down. She had like five children and she was breaking down. This one is like that. That one is like this one. Oh man, I wish this one didn't exist. And mm. she said it in a so nonchalant way. It's something that she's been thinking about for so long. She finally found a way to vent it and it came out without her thinking about it. And she just went on. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I think of uh, just that thought process of hearing it from the outside it's just like wow so do parents really think that way where mm-hmm. even in their expectations um well because one child if you have more than one if that child doesn't follow what i say but there's one that does you know he's my favorite or she's my favorite because mm-hmm. they yeah. follow my rules yeah. they do as i say mm-hmm. my question then is if that child decides they no longer want to follow the rules do yeah. they now get crossed out that list <laughs> You know, and what yeah. what determines, what what determines, um, I guess for parents, you know, who's a favorite and who's not. You know, what makes that determination? I know you you made a point. Mm-hmm. You know, mom was one of the daughter, you know, daughters. He had one, um, so she's cherished. Yeah. Um, there may be other situations where one child, their mannerisms is just like the other parent. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, it's a child after my own heart. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and there's just so many different aspects of it too uh that i just um it's kind of hard just to put into words or just to you know put all you know put it all in one bag and just to go with it yeah but i just think overall as we talked about the favorites and expectations is very important to be wise and prudent with how we move and what we say Mm -hmm. to our children because it can either uh, make them or break them exactly and i i know the the whole favoritism situation sometimes it would work in the parent it, it could be some it, it could be something that didn't start at you know in the beginning or when they were younger but as time goes by and either the parent does not appreciate the person their kid has become mm-hmm. you know and you would even see that even later on if they die if they're gonna die they put they take someone off out of the wheel mm-hmm. different things like that sort of show them yeah you know, the kid was like, yeah, you were always mom's favorite or dad's favorite or dad never cared for me this and that because I made certain life decisions or mm. this and that. So, you know, there are a number of things, but at which point do we stop blaming the kids? Which also, again, is another topic because if we're basically building these kids up and we're showing them everything, and even if whether they listen to us or not, at what point do we say, yeah, it's their fault for becoming who they are? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. if they were under, yeah, you you may have been telling them a million things, and then you, they followed everything else that you've done as opposed to what you were saying. Can you still blame them for who they become? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, we say yeah, these kids, um, you know, they they have to listen and they have to obey. Maybe they are obeying. You just don't don't listen, don't pay attention to that. Okay, you say, for example, let's take a simple thing. You say when you eat at the table. You uh, keep your elbow off the table, right? Yep. But then you do it. <laughs> they remember. So to them, yeah, you're saying it, but you're not doing it. So mm, I'm just going to learn from what you're doing instead. So later on, let's say they, you know, they grew up to be an adult. They go to this public place and they're eating their elbows at the table. And you're like, I never taught them that. And didn't you know? <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> so... It's something that we, we, you know, we're projecting. Sometimes we're projecting the information, uh, different information from what we're actually teaching them. So projecting is not just forcing something on them or try to uh, uh, put our own feelings towards them. It's also doing something that they can see. Mm-hmm. Okay, if they can see you do it, 
it should be fair game for them to do as well. That's true. Uh, unfortunately, that's that's how it is. Yeah. You know, you walk in the classroom, you can't tell your students, uh, you, you can't, if you can't answer any questions for them, but yet you want to keep asking them questions. How do they learn? Mm. It's a back and forth. And it has to be that a communication sense. situation. So, so yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, we, we basically brought up this topic just to tell this story. Mm-hmm. This, this is an interesting story um, based on an observation I made a, a few days ago. Okay. In, I was in the store a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I I observed this mother uh, with her with her son, and um, he was moving around being a kid. He could have been more than what three or four years old, and he was just moving around, trying to you know touching everything, grabbing everything, and saying things that I don't think mother wanted wanted him to say. And she keeps um, like she keeps turning to him, saying, "I told you not to say that. I told you not to do this. I told you this. I told you that." And then when she stops talking to him, she would stand up, turning around, and her face, like the things she mumbles mm. in silence, the, the things that you can see the regret in her face, mm-hmm. the, the the disappointment, and mm. uh, you know, and and just. The way she 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 is her 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 attitude completely changed as if she just wished that you know this was this was never a thing for mm-hmm. her like especially whether it's the motherhood in general or just the situation in 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 the store mm-hmm. and the boy you know although you know when mommy turns around he just stands there he looks at her and then seconds later he just goes back doing the same thing. I'm wondering <clears throat> why why exactly does that uh, mother feel that way? Because the thing is, her her message to him, I don't think it was ever that message. Mm-hmm. Because you keep saying, I thought I told you not to do this, but then you turn around and do something completely different. Maybe that's the part he sees as opposed to the part you told him. Mm-hmm. And he just went back and jumping around and just doing whatever he wants until she was done and walk out the store and she just pulled his arm so hard as they walk out. Again, you may have told him to stop, behave, but you just did something that proves otherwise. Yeah. So what is he going to remember? Not that what you said, but what you just did right there. You see what I mean? So mm-hmm. now that boy, the message he gets is, is, is really more of a projection of what she's done as opposed to what she taught him. And then now she be, be uh, going to the title. Going to the title, she projects something and then expected something completely different from what she projected, because she was saying more than one thing to actually help this, this kid. So it, it's just looking at that. I'm, I'm just reaching out to parents and people with parents in the picture and things like that. If you if you are treating your kid a certain way, whether you think you, you're doing it behind their back or without them seeing, mm. they'll pick up more on that than you think. Well, it's an interesting story because um, when you hear it, it, it sounds like there's been built up frustration for a very long time mm-hmm. and, um, and expectations, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe mom has seen other children and wish her child was like that. Yeah. Or, Parents do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or... Um, the comparison of others and wish that my child could be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe others have mentioned it to her. Why can't your child... Family members have done that. Why can't your child be more... Mm-hmm. And so all these things resonate, you know, or she just had a rough day. 
Um, sometimes um, maybe there's other children that she may have. Mm -hmm. And she's having a hard day at work. But the, the thing is that child um, has done something that tri to trigger her reaction. Does it mean that that child deserves it? No. Mm -hmm. Is there another approach that she could have used? Yes. But as you said, the one thing that that child will remember, because one, if she's two, three, still a bitch, still a child. Yeah. And it's still learning life. They're still trying to mm -hmm. grasp why they're here. And so there's always a different approach that we can take with our children. Mm -hmm. And the expectation should never be, and we should never tell them in their face, I wish you were. Yeah. Um, you know, because then when we do that, what are we telling them? Because they'll remember they're that. They're not good enough. They're not good enough. And so we don't want to start um, or begin the process of trauma from them at a young age. Um, because like you said, just that touch, that physical touch is something they'll remember and can affect them for a very long time. Oh yeah, definitely. And so I think as parents, it's important that we understand too the, um, the power that we have and, and, and what we bring to the table when we are called to be parents, whether it's, um, um, blood or even um, adoptive or whoever it may be, you know, we can have nieces, nephews, grandchildren, our own children, bonus children. Um, if you're in the classroom um, dealing with children, um, they truly are a gift. And we have to use and choose wisely what our approach is. Yes, it's, it, it's, we have goals that envisions for them, but we have to be careful with how we project mm -hmm. um, our expectations yeah. on them because um, you know one of the things that we don't want to do, even in good, even when we're, our approach can be positive, you know we're thinking in our head it's a good thing, but it's how we approach mm -hmm. the situation. Yeah. And um, always keep in mind that they too are human beings. <laughs> they have a mind of their own. Um, yes, we want them to grow, we want them to learn. But there's a way about doing it so that they aren't affected. Um, and as they get older, they're traumatized due to our um, choices um, when dealing with them. Yeah. So my encouragement to our listeners, Pete, again, if you are one of those parents, if you know of any parents, um, and if you are you know, working with children um, in general, Choose wisely your words, choose wisely your expectations, and choose wisely how you project your thoughts and your feelings regarding the children that we are raising mm -hmm. um, to become adults tomorrow. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree, and um, you know it's just the thing is we we t we don't think sometimes how how hard it is. I mean, we, we know how hard it is. It can be on the parent, you mm -hmm. know. It's just a matter of how much do you want your kid to learn from your frustration as opposed to from your calmness. Mm. Because if you can think about how you want to, you know, you, the way people like, oh yeah, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that as a parent. But then you find yourself doing it. How do you stop yourself from doing it? It's to think before you react, especially when you get, yeah, sometimes there's no time to think. You see something, you have to react. But you know what they say, <clears throat> practice make permanent. Mm. At least that's the way I say it. Yeah, I don't say perfect because if you start, if you learn it imperfectly, if you learn it, um, if you learn it the wrong way, it's never gonna be perfect because that's just right. because you do it a million times. 
That's right. It, it just becomes more permanent and great. So if you practice it the right way, it becomes the permanent, prep, proper way to do it. So that that way your kids does not frustrate you uh, just by being kids. Yeah. And yeah. you can at least take a second to just talk to them or even just leave the room. If their life is not in danger and they did something you don't like, leave the room, breathe. And um, when you come back, you've taken a deep breath. At least you can talk to them calmly and see what what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you want to decide to punish them, you know, corporate punishment. I know some people are not into that, but think whichever way you want to punish or to make the message go, uh, just breathe, mm -hmm. come back and calmly do it. Whatever it is, it will be better than if you reacted while you were frustrated, while you were angry at them, mm -hmm. because then they'll never learn. They'll just... They'll just be angry to whenever, and then they will say things that you said and wonder, why is my kid saying that? Well, when you were frustrated and you were angry, that's what you said. Mm -hmm. Whether you thought they were in the room or not, that's what you said. So teach them well, and they'll learn well. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Pete, as we said, mm -hmm. you know, as parents, you know, yeah, sometimes children can be, it can be, it can be challenging. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that, hey, and every. But I'm just what I, I'm encouraging all of us to do is when we find ourselves in situations where our children aren't doing or mm -hmm. the expectation that we have for them, they're not reaching those goals rather than getting upset with them and being frustrated. And if you feel yourself and if you feel it building up within you, maybe it's best to pull yourself away. Mm -hmm. Take some time away. Meditate, pray mm -hmm. to get that feeling out and then come back. Come back. Yeah. You know, and then come back. And sometimes I think we've mentioned this on another episode. I think it's so important for us as parents or guardians too. It's, um, and I think it's the the best place to do it at the table with food and when you're when you're you know fellowshipping mm -hmm. and having conversation. Uh, ask your children the question: How was I as a parent today? Mm -hmm. This week, mm -hmm. how was I as a parent this week? And listen to them because yeah. again, you know, they're they they have a mind of their own. They can think, of course, and they can explain. They can express their feelings. Mm -hmm. And um, don't take, you know, listen, you know, take heed to their words. Again, I'm not saying that, you know, they're in charge or, but listen to the words that they say mm -hmm. and ask that question. If you've never done it before, take the time to sit at the table with your children yeah. where it's calm, where it's peaceful. It's not stressed. Um, it's not tense. But just open that dialogue with those children, whether young or young at heart, mm -hmm. and ask them as 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 a parent, as a mom or a dad this week, you know, how was I to? Yeah, and learn. Uh, and again, I thought, and, and then we talked about that to learn to apologize to your children. Yeah. If you did in fact do something that was not just out of line as an individual, but out of line, something that you should not have done to your kids. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself that you did it, or mm -hmm. you scream at them a certain way, or you hurt them a way where it was not called for. Apologize and let them know it's okay to you know to be sad and upset you know about certain things, but how you deal with it is really what makes a difference. Because then they, they'll know you're human. Okay, you have uh, you have a breaking point, and at, at that point, yeah, you may have not been able to control it, but you are sorry that you did this to them. And they were at the end of that anger. And you'll f f make sure it doesn't happen again. Mm. They'll respect you a lot more. And they'll learn to apologize to you too when they've done something wrong. That's right. Hey, you know, I, I know little boys who never went to <laughs> say sorry. You know, because nobody said sorry to them before, even when they were hurt. Mm. So, you know, it, it, it happens in different situations. And again, we can talk about this forever. 
Mm-hmm. But I just want our audience member to at least pick this up. Think about, you know, what's happening in your life with your kids or your niece or nephews or anybody else, especially young children who are in your life and see how are you projecting your own feelings and behavior towards them and what are you expecting in return. Mm. And, and in that sense, if you if you do care for them, try to project more positive, more uplifting information as opposed to the opposite. Awesome. All right. In those words, I want to, you know, remind everybody, as usual, just keep that in mind. You are remarkably made. I am remarkably made. We are remarkably made. And therefore, it's worth living.